Have you have you got more light? You're a bit dark. No, nothing. Oh, hang on a minute. Hold on a minute. What about if I turned my torch on on my phone and did something like that? That is much better, actually. Yeah. That's that's a phone sat in a cup uh, so that it's angled correctly. <laughs> You're giving the game away. Our trade secrets. <laughs> I was, you know, I'm a technician, John. Um, I, my my job is to problem solve. So you gave me a problem and I solved it. This is Sheer Isolation. It's presented by Kieran Moore in Trowbridge and John Ponting in Cricklade. It is that time of the week already. Hello and welcome. Thank you for joining us. This is Sheer Isolation. Kieran's doing his hair. Got to look good for the camera, mate. You're doing the Boris fluff-up, are you, to, to get your hair all messy on purpose? I only love it when they see it's all fluffy. You know, I think it's great. Creepy. So for people who aren't familiar with us, uh, we do our best to promote the local music scene and uh, just really support all the guys and girls who, who work in the industry through this year where they've just not been able to do what they love and, and what, they, what they need to do to earn the pennies. But the year is coming to an end, Kieran, and, and there does seem to be some, some light at the end of the tunnel now, which is reassuring. It cannot come soon enough. <laughs> Honestly, this, this year has been terrible. Uh, but there is light at the end of the tunnel. We have a vaccine looming and we're going to get there. It's going to be fine. <laughs> Have you had any um, industry updates from anyone like the Music Venues Trust recently? Has there been any news oh, to talk about? We make events. Uh, uh, we've had a previous, a couple of people mention it in, in, their, um, in their talks. We've not had anyone specifically from the organisation, uh, but we've had a few guests on who have talked about it. Um, and they are doing a, another ca- fundraising campaign. And Frank Turner went on a bit of a rant on Facebook earlier, basically saying how more high-profile acts need to get behind these initiatives because they're the ones that can make the difference. And he's absolutely right. You know, Ed she- if Ed Sheeran did a stream from his bathroom, he'd save the industry himself in one afternoon for half an hour's work. I think this is the fourth week in a row where we have referenced Ed Sheeran. Is it really? <laughs> <laughs> it keeps oh, popping he's the biggest up. name in music. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. It's just, he's always there. He always seems to crop up in, it's like the hidden character in the young ones who you don't actually see, but he's, he's there, just in the background always there. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this week's guest, we have got Talis Kimberly Fairborn, who's a Swindon-based musician, very big on um, eco and protest marches, and she also does folk gigs as well, and a really good traditional-sounding folk guitarist. Um, but Kieran, you were just um, obsessed with this idea of going off on protest marches. Again, it's an area that we haven't really covered in, in the 32, 33 weeks that we've been doing this. No, it's absolutely one we absolutely should do. Um, I've got a couple of friends who are protest singers who could totally come on and, and give us a good idea of that okay it's probably about time we played a tune you have picked a track for us kieran what do we got obviously every week we shout out say please give us your music and i picked a chap called paul lapin anybody french uh, lapin in french is rabbit so i'm just gonna call him paul rabbit from now on um he said this in three videos and three songs and i've chosen the boy who wants to fly the reason i've chosen this song out of all the others it it just, it just sounds and feels nice. But um, it's really in keeping with our guest. You know, it's a, it's a singer-songwriter, kind of folky. I got a really indie, 90s indie vibe coming over um, in the song. So it sort of really spoke to me. And it's just a really lovely song. Fly, but they tell him not to try. 
So he leaves the books unread And floats above his bed instead There's a girl who thinks she's slow Always running, always low She keeps trying to hide her face But she always wins the A crazy thing while his friends just sit and stare. He hears music everywhere. There's a girl who won't sit still, she has an empty space to fill. They say she doesn't have a chance if all she wants to do is die. Where no one cares All his thoughts are fading fast As he reflects upon his past He's a boy who wants to fly He just wants to touch the sky Would it really have been so bad To live the dream that he once had There's a girl who always dreams Never listening it seems She is what the future brings And she dreams of better was The Boy Who Wants to Fly by John Rabbit. Paul Rabbit. Paul Lappin. Oh, John. Paul Lappin. Paul Lappin. <laughs> you got both of his names wrong. Wrong. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Paul Rabbit. Paul Lappin. There you go. No, is he actually French? You, you've kind of said that his name oh, is French. No, no. I don't think he's even been to France. I don't know. <laughs> just got a French surname. <laughs> it's, French. it's spelled English. It just sounds... It just looks like the word for a rabbit. It's just, you know... So, you know, some of that school GCSE stayed in there. So why have you got the poster from uh, Frank Turner and Ben Marwood's gig, which um, was, how how many years ago is that? Uh, 2006, so 14 years ago. 
Sheesh kebabs. No, but um, yeah, that's it's just there because it looks pretty. In that case, we'll go straight on to this week's guest. Now, um, for people who are regular listeners and regular viewers, you'll know we try to cover as many different angles from the local music scene as we can. I think we've been doing a pretty decent job over, over the last few months. So this week we are joined by Talis Kimberly-Fairborn. Now, she is a musician. She's been uh, on the Swindon scene for, for I, won't, I won't go into how many years because you don't want to give the game away, do you? But um, her, her music <laughs> is quite traditional folk sounding. Um, she doesn't just do get regular gigs and festival gigs. She does quite a lot of campaigning as well and is quite heavily involved with the Green Party and quite heavily involved with all kinds of um, local community protests and, and, well, nationwide protests as well. So um, we, we thought we'd get wrong for a little chat, see how her year's been. I, I will apologise. There is a bit of an echo when me and Kieran are talking. Um, you do get that sometimes on Zoom. Bear with us. It's worth it. When we first met, um, it was at, um, at the Solang Festival and that was an absolutely torrential year. I do remember that one. We got rained off stage. So we went into the green room tent and we carried on just kind of like a cappella, no instruments. I've, I've got pictures of me doing the actions to one of my shanties and I am just dripping, absolutely sodden. And that was just with the run from the from the stage to, to the little tent. It was... But then that's what that's what memories are made of, isn't it? You know, the one where, yeah, I sang Spoon in a tent, dripping wet, and people took pictures because it was funny. So, yeah, you do that. But you know what? If you do Incredible. a gig where everything goes right and nothing goes wrong and nothing really stands out, you're not going to remember that gig, are you? It's, it's do you remember the one where, yeah, that the tent blew away, the tent collapsed, you know? I don't that know, is so true. Some, yeah, that's you what never, You never remember the gigs that went fine. fine. Not so much. <laughs> Or maybe we just have particularly exciting gigs. But something is usually falling over or falling apart or running away or, you know, stuff happens. And it's it's all good fun. Mm. Um, so tell us, what, uh, what's your year been like musically? Because obviously the, the music scene has come to a halt. I'm guessing you're in the same boat as everyone else. Very much, yeah. I had a gig in London headlining at Walthamstow Folk Club, where I've been before. Uh, of course, that couldn't happen. Things on the South Coast couldn't happen. No, no use even applying to any of the later festivals this year, nothing at all. But also, really sadly, all the really tea and cake fun things that would normally be part of my my sort of gig process. So I've done things like uh, protests or um, house concerts or eco things or, you know, let's save the library or uh, a literary gathering or this, that and the other. The sort of tea and cake things where you're making a gig out of something that isn't actually a gig. I love those. They're often the best fun. Putting music where people don't expect music to be. I've always thought that there should be more of that because then you're not fighting over the audience who go to live music. You're bringing music to an audience who go, oh, I didn't know there was going to be music here. That was really fun. I liked that. Where are you playing next? And then you're actually broadening out because even in a good year, honestly, I think that the the proportion of people who will look in their local leaflets or uh, the local newspaper or whatever and see oh is there a gig on tonight is there a band on tonight let's go out and see the proportion is really small isn't it of people who will do that but if people are doing something else they're shopping they're protesting they're investing in or, or uh, celebrating the launch of something or, or gathering i don't know, like a gardener's picnic is one that comes to mind um, a group of gardeners up in London who had all done a community garden together and the organizer was a friend of mine and she said that they were having a communal picnic. Uh, this was a few years ago. And would I like to go and do some of my songs because some of them would really fit, you know, with the vibe. That's that's kind of your teen cake gig. That was a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, putting music where people don't expect music to be to surprise them with it. 
and hopefully delight them with it and and yeah hopefully bring them on board and say what are you doing next so what am i doing next is mostly sitting on the sofa here um I've i love your phrasing there tea and cake <laughs> tea, tea and cake, cake gigs tea and cake gigs absolutely sometimes genuinely tea and cake which is always a joy because i kind of run on tea and cake I mean, pretty damn there, is, take, yeah. there is the music scene, you know, and there are great promoters and, and gig or, organizers and festival organizers who I know are, are really struggling now because the structure that they've been working in isn't there. You can't make things happen. But where I've done probably more of my performances over the years, I'm, you know, about 25 plus years of, of gigging here and there is, is the community stuff, which can happen anywhere. And of course, it's not happening this year either. So my friend couldn't have, uh, she couldn't call me to the park to go and sing for a picnic or anything. I really, really wonder what's going to happen with that. Because while some people are watching, rightly, the, the venues and the, the, the pubs and the organisers to see what's going to happen with the shape of live music in the future, I do slightly look the other way. And I think what's happening with people's, um, just ordinary community people's interface with real music carol singing for example most communities will have somewhere where there'll be say a tree light up something in my village here in Rawton, we'd have the the tree lighting up the silver band would be there they'd play carols everybody would sing carols it's a tradition thing not a faith thing and that's just fine and a lot of people know half a verse or the first verse or the chorus you know um but it's a thing and people would sing and we're not going to have that this year we're not going to have Christmas carols. Christmas without Christmas carols. And yet we've already lost so much in terms of people being used to singing and singing back. I'm, I'm kind of scared for, you know, in the future, say, say it takes a year, say it takes two years. If we then have lighting up the Christmas tree, will people still join in the singing then? Or will they just think, oh yeah, better keep my mouth shut because my voice isn't very good and um, I don't like singing in public and I don't know the words and... No, it's it's that music for everybody thing. I, I mean, I don't You've know, touched on something there, haven't you? Because it's, it's the loss of something. Because I feel it. I'm sure you feel it. John feels it. And we're only a tip of a very large iceberg. I think there was a point during the summer, I mean, I don't think I took advantage of it much because we've been, we've really been shielding mostly. There was a point in the summer where the whole, you know, rules of six and you could be six feet away from somebody um, if you did or didn't know them on a Tuesday in a park or something, where people were beginning to find ways to have, I don't know, say three musicians equidistant from each other somewhere outdoors could at least play trios or, or folk songs or Balkan dances or whatever their thing is. And I wonder if we will find ways to make things like that spring up when it's legal, when it's possible. And that won't help the music industry it won't be gigs like we know gigs but if we can keep a thread of something going that makes people go oh did you catch the so-and-so that happened the other day down the such and such oh why hope they do it again that was really cool i've so missed it that's what we want i think we've got to get out there and do something when we can when it's legal completely agree i have no doubt that when we can we're going to be flooded with opportunities my my concern really is the audience reticence are they going to be scared to come out? Are they going to be able to do three gigs a week? So I think we're going to be fighting over a small pool of, of audience. Because... It always was a, a small pie, wasn't it? And the pie's just got way smaller. It's a bitty, yeah. bitty pie dish. Yeah. 
you already covered quite quite extensively there, but just about the, the protest gigs and, and the campaign, which I know you've always been really heavily involved with. Had you always been taking that route, or did it come along a bit later on? The music came first. The music definitely came first. I was writing songs about literature and folklore and the landscape and fairy tales and so on quite happily for a good many years before I really got politicised. There is, <laughs> There was a series several years ago which the BBC put out called Folk Britannia. I don't remember that. And they had four or five, maybe half a dozen quite lengthy shows that I think were gigs that they put on at somewhere like the Albert Hall or something. And it was to showcase folk music, which is a great idea. Great idea. And they had one week it was, um, I don't know, things like mining songs, you know, and another it was like travelling songs and um, another it was sea songs and things like that. And then they had one of, of, uh, of more contemporary protest songs, which was where I was introduced to listening to Chris Wood. And, of course, Rob Johnson was there, who was brilliant. There are more protest singers than Billy Bragg, whatever The Guardian tells you. Uh, I think Chris T.T. was in that as well. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, Grace Petrie and Russ Chandler and all sorts. And me. But anyway, at the time, I wasn't a protest singer. But this particular episode, which I'd enjoyed, I'd really enjoyed the concert, finished. And the announcer said, uh, so that was, that was Folk Britannia, the such and such songs. Next week, we hear from the ladies. And something just didn't sit right with me. Yeah, right. We have the sea songs, the working songs, the mining songs, the women singing songs. Well, no, round of applause to the women at the end there. Well done for trying. I was jumping up and down, fuming. I really was. And I started writing my first protest song then. That, that was it. I thought... I'll, I'll do political songs and, and I got I got very ranty and you know it sort of grew because when you start paying attention to things and finding ways to articulate them that grows it's like a muscle you exercise it you get better at it you do more so I have uh, yeah protest songs about all sorts of things all sorts of things closing libraries and Brexit so one of the things I was going to say that that I've been doing just as you have we you get lockdown a whole bunch of stuff is stripped out of your life. The things that you were looking forward to and, and building towards and planning for are gone. So many of us, you did and I did, go, well, I've got to find another way to do music then. Right, what can I do? Let's do something else that I can do from home via the internet. And, and you've set this up, which is wonderful. And I'm thrilled to hear how it's going. I did a bunch of kitchen sessions from, from my sofa here. I just go Facebook Live and I sing a bunch of songs, old ones, new ones, things people have never heard before. Because do you know what? Unlike in a proper gig when I won't let myself have the words on stage because I like to learn my songs, in this gig here, if I have the words off to the side, you know, that's, that's okay. So I can sing all, all kinds of stuff that I wouldn't take on stage because a sofa gig is kind of just cosy singing to friends so that's been one of the things that's kept me sane oh, i think a lot of us have found ways to to put music out there through the net in different formats and that's been exciting seeing new things come up like that i'm going to bring us back around to, to the the protesting and campaigning part yes. and i just wondered have you got any thoughts for next year what was, when you're allowed to go out and about and, and get a crowd together what's the first thing you're going to be campaigning about oh <laughs> It's like there's a really long list of things to be really angry about right now. <laughs> yeah, there is. There really is. 
I'll go where I'm asked. Um, there's one, oh, there's one song that I sang in fact last night for the first time, which I wrote several years ago because the Cubbington Pear Tree had several years ago been nominated or, or won the prize of the best tree in England. And about a month ago, they cut it down. They cut the it HS2. down. HS2. Yeah. So if anybody wants me to go sing that somewhere, I've got an HS2 song about the Cubbington Pear, you know, and I'll be there for you. You have to laugh because otherwise you cry. Yes. Plenty of that. Plenty of that. And hang on to the little things, you know, tea and cake and crafting and gardening and... And people and relationships and music and interaction. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. All of those. They matter. They matter. They They put a bit of brightness in a dark day that can really make a difference. We asked you to pick a song and uh, you've chosen, I think it's fair to say, quite a traditional sounding folk band from uh, uh, Wiltshire. They're kind of spread all over Wiltshire, maybe Yardbards. I love the soundscape that they make, the fact that they have strings, they have cello, they have fiddle. Um, I love Paul Darby's voice. It's so rich. This particular song, as you said, it's a traditional sounding, though I believe it's a contemporary song. And I do that myself. I write songs which are modern songs but set so that they could be at any time in the past that's always a compelling thing the story in this song is heartbreaking it's beautifully presented and i was actually at that gig so uh, when you said find something with a youtube i thought yeah uh, i went looking and then i thought you're bards and also what a cool name isn't it isn't it fantastic from yonder town I loved her more plenty The barley bread and the barley wine I drink her health and beauty Come gather round Come gather round The barley Barley hay she twist and tie The likeness of her lover Bestowing on her favourite love 
at times she thought in my name. Down a hill my trollops go, and in the day it's by me. Come gather round, come gather round. So that track is called Barley Doll. It's by a Wiltshire band called the Yerd Bards. And that was recorded at the Bradford on Avon Folk Club. Uh, live record. We don't feature that many live recordings. No, we don't. We totally could. We totally could and should do. I've got a massive archive of live recordings. Um, but Bradford on Avon Folk Club. So is that the existing folk club in, Eli- in Elizabeth Hall? The Swan. The Swan. Oh, okay. So it was literally right. right the little the pub then. So, yeah, cool. So I'm not sure I've been into the Swan. That's the one that's it's in, in the centre, isn't it? Yeah. Mind you, everything in Bradford is in the centre. That was a rubbish Centre, it's quite small, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, really well, it's a really good, really good venue. Um, they've always done music there. So it's got a really good history of music. So, yeah, lovely little place. I love Bradford. Time for us to cover a bit of news. Have you got anything you want to share with us this week, Karen? No, I, I am very, I'm used out, mate. I'm used out. All I know is, is that I've got a bunch of shows that I'm waiting for the agents to confirm, to announce. Um, and I've got a lo- bunch of venues not wanting to book anything in case it all goes wrong again. So, <laughs> like, chicken and egg situation. Well, I, I found one story on, on BBC this week, which was about the band Whitesnake. Remember Whitesnake? So oh, remember, yeah, like, go like on. We're, like, we're old enough to remember Whitesnake. I am, unfortunately. But, we both are. We, we both are, are. yeah. I was, I was trying to make it sound like we're younger than we are. Oh, sorry. No, we're not. <laughs> right, the, the guitarist, uh, Bernie Marsden, is selling off a load of his guitars and amps at an auction site in Wiltshire on the 9th and 10th of December. That's quite cool, though. I don't know how many thousands of pounds you'd need to pick up one of those, but yeah, he's clearing out his collection and he's going to auction the lot off. I kind of want to go and just, just watch it get sold. Look at this, a 19, 1959 Marshall amp. That's going up for grabs. 
Ooh, with with flight case. Mm-hmm. Probably with white snake spray painted on the side. Yeah, Fortunately, I have no interest in... I don't play, so I can't buy anything, but I definitely want to go along for the ride and just watch it. <laughs> could be interesting, could it? Yeah. I always think of that scene in Only Fools and Horses when they, they go to the auction house for their stuff and they earn millions of pounds. That, that's, for me, how every auction works. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, in that case, Karen, I right. guess we will draw this session to an end. Uh, for people who want to get in touch with us, you can email us at sheerisolation at gmail.com. You can send us your music videos. Just get in touch, say hi. You can find the video of this on YouTube or you can find us on various streaming platforms. We are after world domination and we won't stop until everybody's listening to us. <laughs> we won't stop. We won't stop. Bro. All right then, Kieran, I will leave you to go off and have your tea. I'm going to... Goodbye from me. Editing suite. Excellent. It's goodbye from you until next week. See you next week, bud. All right. Toodles. Take care, buddy. Bye. 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 Bye.